A thing that civilizations and tapestries have in common is the importance of many, many threads to attain a feeling of being whole. But with civilizations, when would any of us know if things are unraveling? A major point of Charlottesville community engagement each and every day is to make the attempt to piece as much as I can so I can weave together patterns for all of us to take a look at. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and this is the edition for September 15th, 2021. In today's show, several odds and ends from the Charlottesville Planning Commission meeting from September 14th, including the news that the Smith Aquatic Center will remain closed for the foreseeable future. And the Virginia Film Festival will return to movie screens in Charlottesville this October. And your input is requested on thoughts and concerns about future natural disasters. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign is an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards, farms, public spaces, and gardens in the Northern Piedmont. Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Native Facebook page and tell them Lonnie Murray sent you. We begin today with a quick look at the COVID numbers. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 4,066 cases today. The number of COVID deaths since the beginning of the pandemic in Virginia is now at 12,170. Since September 1st, there have been 309 reported and 52 deaths reported today. Now, that does not mean that all of those fatalities happened within a 24-hour period as that number is tallied as death certificates are reported to the VDH. When natural disasters strike, governments across the region often cooperate with each other to lend a hand in the emergency response and recovery efforts. Before they strike, there is a federally mandated document that is intended to provide direction on how to prepare to lessen the impacts. Here's a statement from the current plan, which is put together by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. The purpose of the Regional Natural Hazard Mitigation Plan is to prepare for natural disasters before they occur, thus reducing loss of life, property damage, and disruption of commerce. The last plan was adopted in 2018, and it is time to put together the next one, as required by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Virginia Department of Emergency Management. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission wants your input in the form of a survey, which is now open. Participants are asked if they've ever experienced a natural disaster, and if so, what the specific impact was. You'll also be asked what hazards you are concerned about, ranging from dam failure to winter weather. The Virginia Film Festival will return to in-person events this October, when the long-running series returns for action! Last year, the event pivoted to drive-in and virtual screenings, but will return to the Violet Crown, the Culbreth Theater, and the Paramount Theater. In a release, festival director Jody Kilbasa said that they will continue the drive-in movies this year and that masks will be required at all indoor venues and that they will work to create the safest environment possible. The festival will run from October 27th to October 31st, and the full program will be announced on September 28th. Tickets will go on sale on September 30th, which is the same day that the program will be available online. 
A major highlight this year will be the screening of an episode of Dope Sick, an upcoming series on Hulu about the nation's opioid epidemic. The series is based on the work of former Roanoke Times journalist Beth Macy, and the events at the Paramount will be presented in partnership with the Virginia Festival of the Book. For more information, visit virginiafilmfestival.org. Albemarle Supervisor Ann Malik is one of 34 elected officials from around the United States to be appointed to an advisory panel of the Environmental Protection Agency. EPA Administrator Michael S. Regan made appointments to the Local Government Advisory Committee and its Small Community Advisory Subcommittee, and Malik will serve on the latter. In a release, Regan said that the body helps to help tackle climate change, advancing environmental justice, and that local partners are needed at the table to address the most pressing environmental challenges. Quasi Fraser, the mayor of Purcellville in Loudoun County, is the only other Virginia appointed in this round to the two groups. Speaking of appointments, last week Governor Ralph Northam appointed several Charlottesville residents to the Virginia Board of Workforce Development. They are Rich Alevi, the Vice President of Development at Sun Tribe Solar, John Bahuth Jr., the Executive Vice President of Apex Clean Energy, Tierney Fairchild, the Co-Founder and Executive Director of Resilience Education, and Antonio Rice, the President and Chief Executive Officer of Jobs for Virginia Graduates. The Virginia Board of Workforce Development will meet next week for a special briefing. The board's executive director is Jane Dittmar, a former member of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. It's time for two quick Patreon shoutouts. One person wants you to know... We keep each other safe, get vaccinated, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. And in the other one for today, a brand new Patreon supporter wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist. Whether that be The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seville Weekly, NBC 29, CBS 19, or something I haven't mentioned here. The community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. For the rest of the show today, some highlights from last night's City Planning Commission meeting. I want to state up front that this newsletter does not feature the bulk of the meeting's two main events, one of which was a public hearing for 240 Stribling in the Fry Spring neighborhood. That conversation focused on a novel method of funding infrastructure improvements to support additional vehicular and human-powered traffic. I'm going to focus on that in an upcoming newsletter, but before we do, I want to get one concept on your mind. Let's get some legal advice from city attorney Lisa Robertson about that mythical beast known as a proffer. For large developments that require a rezoning or a special use permit, you may also see the applicant offer cash or specific improvements as a required condition if their desired land use change is accepted. Proffers are are really for... um, um, to, to deal with impacts generated by the development itself and to um, 
provide cash for infrastructure that's that's more directly sort of connected to or necessitated by the development. And in this situation, as evidenced by the fact that the Stribling Avenue need for sidewalk improvements is already documented um, for any number of years within uh, the city's master plans and, and CIP. The CIP is the Capital Improvement Program. Southern Development is the developer of 240 Stribling, and they had wanted to make their willingness to fund some of the infrastructure improvements as a proffer. But Robertson asked to pursue that matter in a different way because proffers are not two-way agreements. So what happened with that conversation? You're going to have to wait until the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement because there was other stuff I had to get to. Robertson's comments came at the pre-meeting before the actual meeting. When the gavel was struck, the commission elected Lyle Sola Yates to serve as the body's chair. Sola Yates was appointed to the seven-person body in March of 2018, and he succeeds Hosea Mitchell, who will remain on the commission. Thank you very much, uh, and uh, Chair Mitchell, for your two years of excellent service uh, and for this honor in attempting to follow you. Uh, remarkable opportunity. Thank you. Next, commissioners gave various reports on the various committees that they sit on. This is a good way to find out quickly a lot of things that are going on. Commissioner Mitchell said he and Commissioner Jody Lehendro met with city parks and recreation officials this weekend, reviewing a major problem in McIntyre Park. The drainage in McIntyre Park is actually creating a, um, a violation of the Department, Department of Environmental Quality, uh, their standards. And it's also uh, causing uh, water to run off into my favorite waterways. So that is going to be a top priority. And that's going to be about 350000 bucks that we're going to be asking uh, council to approve. But this is a must do. This is a we are in violation if we don't fix that. Mitchell said repairs to bring the outdoor honesty pool back to life next summer will cost about $400,000. There's also a lot of erosion and standing water at the city-owned Oakwood Cemetery, and that will cost about $52,000 to repair. And the last must-do must thing is a comprehensive master plan. We haven't had anything like that in a number of years, and our future is going to be rudderless for Parks and Rec unless we do that. And that's going to be about 150000 bucks. Mitchell said the Smith Aquatic and Fitness Center is not expected to open now until late fall. Smith has been plagued with air quality problems since it opened in 2010. The facility shut down for several weeks in 2015 to install new exhaust pipes and has been closed since the spring of 2020 for at least $2.25 million in repairs. At least, that's what council approved as a capital improvements program budget line item in the fiscal year 2021 budget. We'll have more from that in a future episode as I have questions out to the city. In any case, Mitchell also announced that Todd Brown will be leaving his position as director of the city's Parks and Recreation Department to take a position in Fredericksburg. Bill Palmer, the University of Virginia's liaison on the Charlottesville Planning Commission, reminded the commission that UVA is working on an update of its grounds framework plan. Palmer did not have much specific information, but the closed-door Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee got a briefing at their meeting on July 23rd. Here's a quote from the presentation. 
The plan will be underway from summer of 2021 to fall of 2022 and includes a robust engagement process with the university and regional community. The Grounds Framework Plan is intended to guide planning and development for the next 20 years with an emphasis on sustainability, resiliency, and equity. Some guidance in the presentation is to capitalize on the potential of existing and new facilities and to holistically consider grounds as an integrated campus of mixed-use buildings and green spaces. The firm Urban Strategies has been hired to conduct the work, which will build on smaller plans developed in the past several years, ranging from the 2015 Brandon Avenue Master Plan to the 2019 Emmett Ivy Task Force Report. UVA is also undertaking an affordable housing initiative to build up to 1,500 units on land that either UVA or its real estate foundation controls. The community also got a first look at Jim Fries, the new director of the city's Department of Neighborhood Development Services. Uh, today is my second day, so still finding my feet and uh, learning my way around the building. Fries comes to the position from a similar one in Natick, Massachusetts. Natick consists of over 16 square miles in Middlesex County outside of Boston and has a population of 37,000 people according to the 2020 U.S. Census. And that is it for this installment of the program. Special thanks today to Jen Finazzo for providing a small soundbite. Thank you very much, Jen. Really appreciate it. And you did a great job. The intent really had been to bring you the information about 240 Stribling. Uh, that is going to come uh, in the next installment. There's a lot of things to come in future installments. And I really do appreciate uh, you listening and paying attention. And I definitely appreciate all of those who so far have managed to uh, subscribe through Substack uh, at $5 a month, $50 a year, $200 a year. All of it goes to Town Crier Productions, which is the name of the company that I have formed to sort of organize all of this. In any case, Ting will match uh, whatever contribution you make through Substack, which is fantastic. You might have also heard that uh, those shout outs, there were two little shout outs. Actually, there were three on this show, which is a record for Charlottesville Community Engagement. These come in in a variety of different ways. The main way is $25 a month through Patreon. There are two more weeks to sign up at that level before it changes and goes up slightly. Uh, if you get in now, you'll be in at that $25 a month for four a month rate. Don't know what the new figure is going to be, but, uh, you know, slowly but surely putting together a business here, staying afloat and keeping my eye on this community. Uh, this is the work that I have always wanted to do, and I am grateful for all of you who are helping to support that one way or the other. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and I'll be back in the near future with another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. In the meantime, please stay safe.